Hey, this is Seth Scruggs, co-host of Rewatch. We're very excited to announce that we are going to be premiering a short film called Five Minutes. It was directed by me, and it was produced and written by Zachary Vaughn. We shot it back in December, and we're getting ready to release it on August 28th at 6 p.m. It will be premiering on YouTube as a live premiere. Uh, you can find all the information on Instagram at MarkSpotsTheX Productions. Following the premiere of the film, we are going to be hosting a live Q&A at 6.15 uh, where we're going to talk about the film and you can come out and ask us questions and we'll be excited to answer them. August 28th at 6pm with a Q&A following at 6.15, the premiere of 5 Minutes, a short film by Seth Scruggs and Zachary Vaughn. Hey, I'm Seth Scruggs, uh, and you're listening to Rewatch. It's a podcast about movies we love and movies we haven't seen yet. I'm joined today by Zachary Vaughn. Hello. I say today like I'm not usually joined by Zachary Vaughn. Most of the time. <laughs> but I'm joined today by Zachary Vaughn. Uh, anyone who doesn't know how this show works, basically, uh, we talk about movies uh, that one of us has seen but the other hasn't yet we both watch it and then we talk about it it's a very it, it's much simpler than it is like in co- in abstract concept than it is to actually explain for some reason yeah like i feel like i feel like every time i explain it i'm just like dragging on and on and on and the person i'm talking to gets more and more confused uh anyway Let's jump into the movie that we're talking about for today, which is called Once, O-N-C-E. And it was picked by Zach, so I'll let him talk about it. So Once came out in 2007. It's written and directed by John Carney. It is a musical, which we'll, we'll get to. It's a musical about a... It is sort of a musical. Yeah. Continue. Continue. Yeah, we can we can go over that also. Um, it's a movie with a lot of songs in it about a musician who works at his dad's vacuum repair shop. He meets a Czech woman, falls in love with her. They do an album together. They don't end up together. Which is also what happened for them in real life. Yes. <laughs> Uh, which is a little yeah. weird because she's 17 in real she was 17 in real life when they shot it and he was 36 but you know what we can get more into that later or not let's or not. not get more into that yeah let's, let's not i would yeah. prefer not to get more into that yeah yeah so i guess i get to start with first impressions yeah i didn't love it um yeah i didn't love it i I have a lot more to say, but I I, I want to get into it okay. when we do that. So I want to hear. Why don't you you take us where you want to go with it? So I did. I I loved it the first time I saw it, and I really enjoyed it the second time I saw it. And I think I can understand probably every single reason why you don't love it, <laughs> but I still do love it. Um, yeah. there's a lot imperfect about it yes and i don't know it's not the imperfect nature that bothers me 
I mean, it is, but it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't need every single thing to be perfect for a movie for me. Mm-hmm. But there were two things that really kind of bothered me about it. And that the first thing is just like the cinematography is not amazing. Right. Which is fine. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be perfect, but a lot of it is like the camera is like, it feels like the camera is trying to find its shot. And so the camera is like resituating and getting to comp to be composed correctly. I can see which that. is something that which is something that's normally like edited out. And instead, that's what gets left in. But like the minute that it settles on a composition, either the camera moves again or it cuts. So it, it just if in that regard, it felt very, very inconsistent because mm-hmm. it just didn't feel like it was doing what it needed to do. Yeah. That said. I there were parts that looked really good. There were certain scenes that looked really good. And a lot of the movie relies on natural light. There was not a lot of like lights brought in, which poses its own problems. It's also shooting on mini DV tapes, which poses even more problems. Mm -hmm. But not everything looked amazing, which kind of bothered me. Yeah. Um, Like it was just it was very inconsistent. You had scenes that looked really good and scenes that didn't look really good. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, the bigger than that, though, and I, I think these kind of compound each other, but bigger than that, though, was it felt like so it's about 90 minutes long and it felt like for the first 45 minutes of the movie, we were aimlessly wondering. It felt like the first 45 minutes was like the first act of the film rather than being like the first 15 minutes of the film because there really wasn't an objective or an intention or an obstacle for the main characters until about 45 minutes in where they're kind of given this boost of like, okay, well we want to go record a record. So let's go do that. And then it's like overcoming that, I, I just like I felt like the film needed a driving force earlier than it had one. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll just say this. Like, it feels like the movie is really sh- for for me. It felt like the movie was really short. After the first 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, so the first like- 45 minute kind 45 minutes kind of drag. But then after it, it's like blink and you miss it. Yeah, I, like, I agree. Like it I just, like it just it was... blows, blows by. It almost feels like it's only 45 minutes. And like thinking about it, like I can think of almost everything that happens dragging up to the like through the first half. But thinking about the second half, I'm like, how is that more than like 10 minutes? Yeah, well, I think like I think part of the problem is that it's a it's a good idea for like a short film, right? Like it's a, <laughs> like that last 45 minutes is a great short film concept. Yeah. And you can condense, but like the thing is the fact that like you can basically condense everything that happens in the first 45 minutes 
into 15 minutes. Yeah. You, and it's yeah. still, and it's still carry the same emotional weight, still carry the same weight for the last half of the film mm-hmm. or two thirds of the film. So that, that I think is what kind of stuck out and like bothered me a lot was that it didn't feel like we were watching a film until 45 minutes in. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, because it's shot very almost documentary style, it feels inconsistent and kind of like we're just observing people, which is fine. That's a style and that's a thing. But in the end, it that that's not as enjoyable or as effective as like watching a movie where we're following characters, which is what the last half of the film feels like. Mm-hmm. And once, um, so they're making an album together. Once they get to the point where they're really going for that and really pursuing that, the movie picks up and I connected with the characters a lot more. Yeah. But like, I couldn't understand I didn't feel like I knew what either of them wanted until that point. And a lot of what the underlying wants of things like love and desire, like all of those things came out in the process of recording this album. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, it's just like, well, he's sad and <laughs> she's sad. And they, they just met yeah <laughs> so i i get i will give you some opportunity to defend the film i mean i can't really defend those points because those are like pretty straightforward but i do want to point out that like it was done on a very small budget mm-hmm. so some of the production stuff makes more sense that way um definitely and they only had seven they shot it in 17 days Mm -hmm. um but yeah like all of those points absolutely i get i don't i think the reason i love it so much isn't because like it's a great great story it's because it the the music especially grabs me the music is very good. Um, music is great. Uh, it they won the Oscar for best original song, um, and for uh, it's just beautiful. Um, and I I I don't know what exactly catches me with the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know the the first time I watched it, I mean I I I guess this is probably what it is like the the music is probably what draws me the the, the most mm-hmm. um because the first time i saw it i saw it in class in a uh, like a film criticism class yep at school and as i was walking out of class i brought up amazon on my phone and bought the physical cd for <laughs> the soundtrack yeah like like as i was walking out of class that's how much i loved the song the music in it um and i think that that's not like that doesn't make it a great movie that it has great mm-hmm. music 
but it does obviously make it good enough for me to think about it and be like, oh yeah, I love this movie. Even yeah. though there's a ton of production failings or mm-hmm. um, not, not even necessarily straight up failings, but like things they could have done better things that yeah. they would have done better if they'd had more money. Um, For sure. Which I guess just shows how much like impact music has on its mm-hmm. own that at least for some people it can over uh it can compensate for a subpar everything else <laughs> yeah so i want to talk about that the the music in that you referred to this movie as a musical um I would not classify this movie as a musical necessarily. So I feel like we should talk about that because you are not the biggest fan of musicals. Correct. I like count. If we count this as one, I like two musicals. The other one being the other one is dear Evan Hansen. Ah, yes, of course. So um, I do want to talk about that. So I think it's interesting because all of the this is definitely a music movie and john carney makes music movies that's what he does yeah like uh i've I, have you seen begin again i have yeah so to me i think begin again is like a higher quality version of this mm-hmm. like in my head i think we all kind of do this where we relate like specifically like directors works together and watching this and thinking about Begin Again, there's so many through lines to that film mm-hmm. um, that we could talk about probably for a long time. But back to the whole music idea. All of the music in this film is diegetic. It takes place within the world of the film. Mm-hmm. So typically for me, I will define a musical as a film or a show in which the music is part of the storytelling where a character is stops what they're doing and sings or dances or whatever, but that continues the story in some way, shape or form in that it is an out. It is non-diegetic. They don't like, they don't know they're singing. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's like a soliloquy. Yeah, exactly. So, for instance, like Singing in the Rain, um, You Were Meant for Me, he's explaining that he's had this girl in his mind, right? But the way he does it is he starts singing to her and then starts dancing with her. He doesn't necessarily, like Gene Kelly doesn't necessarily, like the character doesn't know that he's dancing and singing, but he's portraying what he's feeling Mm -hmm. versus something like once which i mean uh the guy in the film his name he's just the guy right yeah his character is the guy yeah so the guy like the whole time is just kind of like he knows that he's playing songs like that's his character Mm -hmm. so that that's my distinction is and like those songs are not 
necessarily outpourings of inner thoughts and emotion. I mean, they are because it's mm-hmm. part of the character, but like they are not like something happening in the story and he's progressing the story by singing these songs. Right. He is playing these songs because they're part of the story. And they do play in well and they do tie in. And I think it's very much a music movie in that where songs are part of the driving force of the film, but they are not a storytelling device of the film, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I get that. I I think you're right. Um, Yeah, it's it is definitely a music movie, but I, I would then agree that it's not a musical because like it's it's not those soliloquy esque mm-hmm. where like it's it is not musical dialogue like they're mm-hmm. not having a conversation in it even when they the character like even when um marketa or glova's character has just written a song that's really personal to her and mm-hmm. she's walking down the street singing it's still not i think that's the closest one i was gonna say i think that's the closest that it gets to being like a thing but really even that she's aware of what she's doing mm-hmm. yeah because- and, it, and it and it does move this that one is again the closest because it does kind of move the story and give us some more insight into her character mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, even then she is as a character reading off what she has written on like a note card mm-hmm. as she's yeah. walking down down the street. Yeah. No, I think that yeah, so I think that's an important distinction. Um do you think that plays into why you like this more than you might like other mu- musicals? No. I think it's just that I really like the music in this. Um, what what do you not care for about other uh, move like movie musicals and musicals in general? In general, I don't like the music. Show tune style music, I generally don't super enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um. The story in Dear Evan Hansen is why I love that so much. And I also yeah. really like the music. Um, but again, it's all, it's more closely uh, caused by the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, this it's, it's, I like the music a whole lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Most, most of the time it's like the, the play would be good. The play is good. I would enjoy the play more if it had a different style of music um, or no music. Um, Yeah. It's just a taste thing. Um, So one thing that always has impressed me about this movie is the acting, which... Mm. I'm going to follow that up with a statement that sounds like it contradicts it. The acting is not superb. No, it's good acting or at least it's not bad acting. Mm -hmm. But the thing that is really impressive is that neither of the two leads are actors. They had been in like one or two 
very more background supporting roles. Um, at least Glenn Hansard had, um, but neither of them like were actors. They are musicians um, and they're great musicians, but they're not actors. Um, and so that's one of the things that impressed me and just always impresses me thinking about it. Cause they, I'm actually going to backtrack a little bit and say, I think they had great performances. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, it's a very naturalistic mm-hmm. style. Like the yeah. film as a whole has that. Right. And their performances definitely fall into that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, if you care for that or if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. They felt very real, um, like very real people in it, which is even harder for non-actors. I would imagine. It's true. Because yeah. you're playing a normal person normally. And if they're not you, and even if they are you, then dialogue written and making it sound lived and not performed is very challenging. It's challenging. Yeah. It's acting is hard, but like when you're not trained and when you're not experienced, and you're trying to make it really, really natural, it's even harder. For sure. Yeah. I don't care for that kind of performance quite as much. Uh, I don't think that, like, there's a different, like, I think it's partially what we expect actors to, like, be and sound like, Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of, like, projecting, and there's not a lot of, which you don't need to do a lot of in film, but there's not a lot of, um, you know, there's mumbling and there's like, you can't hear it. And I think it comes back to like a central argument that people have been having about film for years, which is how realistic does it need to be? Mm-hmm. And there's the argument that it should be totally natural and the camera should just capture what's there. And that the, it feels like this movie falls more into that. Mm-hmm. Whereas there are other movies and other directors and artists who say, no, nah, it doesn't matter. They're aware that they're watching a screen. So let's maximize the impact of that by just making it as not necessarily surreal as possible, but along definitely in that direction. Mm-hmm. Like, let's make this feel. Let's make the audience feel in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie falls more into the naturalistic kind of style, um, like verite style. I lean toward the more, I don't want to say unnatural, I feel like that's the wrong word, but like the more, um, you know, stylistic mm-hmm. and stylized work. So I didn't, so I, I leaned away from this movie and that. Uh, yeah. Where do you, where do you feel like you fall in that? Both as like a person who likes film and like as a creator. Yeah. Um, it really depends. Um, Cause like in 
presentation wise, I think it really depends on what the story is. Um, because like you don't, it would feel weird if movies like the edge of 17 or eighth grade were shot and lit super like out of the ordinary artistically Mm -hmm. because it's not about that. It's about the them and that would distract from the story it's telling. But then there's movies like Blade Runner 2049, where every single shot, every frame is a masterpiece. And it just compounds with, everything in it to make it just gorgeous um so it really depends uh for lower not great like for less spectacular stories more normal natural realistic stories i think the more natural approach fits more Mm -hmm. um and then for your spectacular things, then it makes a lot more sense to be artsy, be really um, extravagant with lighting and shot composition and stuff like that. Yeah. I I tend to disagree a little bit more on the shot composition idea. Um, that's something for me that I'm kind of like... Like, I think about movies like The Farewell or Moonlight or um, The Lost Black Man in San Francisco, all of which are fairly recent films. I mean, they're at least 10 years older than once. But for me, and I don't endorse necessarily all of these films, but they are well made. And the shot composition and all of that and a lot of these low budget independent films about normal everyday people feels unique and different. Um, And it, to be fair, all three of these films fall into my wheelhouse of look. So uh, as always on rewatch, acknowledging our bias, but I don't know. I felt like once could have, done something with that where the thing that separates it and sets it apart other than the great music by Glenn Hansard um, could have been the shot composition and how even though it's a really really low budget movie you've got a really really great looking movie Mm -hmm. um, for what it can do and you know things like they didn't have like glide cams and steady cams and like those kind of things. So lean it like for me, what that says is lean into tripod. Yeah. And like lock it down. And, but then because it's so locked down, get, you know, get the weirdest, like get a unique angle and get a unique look out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's kind of my my thing with it. Yeah, that that makes sense. the the camera work wasn't didn't feel natural. No. Um because of how handheld it was, it was 
it on first watch it's and at the beginning it's very distracting um for me having seen it before it wasn't as distracting um and as it goes in it gets less distracting mm-hmm. but it's well, yeah think, it's it's very yeah shady. and i think the thing is because they they don't want you to necessarily feel like you're watching a movie mm-hmm. um which i get but by doing that and leaning into this kind of documentary style almost like it almost feels like a documentary at times by leaning into that style it almost made me more aware that i was watching a movie because i was thinking oh the camera's moving now oh the it's there the the camera operator is trying to find a shot like that's what was going through my head not okay these characters are interesting mm-hmm. and once the story really picked up, I noticed it less. But in the beginning where it's moving really slow and I feel like it's not moving very much, the the um, the cinematography was more distracting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Is there anything that really, really stood out to you on the second go around? I noticed... And this is this is not this was something that disappointed me. I noticed how off most of their singing and playing was to the song <laughs> that was playing. Yeah. And the frustrating thing about that, especially in the very first song, the one he's playing at night, um, or I guess the very second song, the first mm-hmm. original song um, that he's playing when he meets Marquetta uh, Erglova. That's one of my favorite songs on the whole album. And you can see the the breath coming out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. So like he's actually doing it. But also like, his hand, his, his, his guitar playing is nowhere near. Well, okay. It is, it's close, but it is very noticeably off from yep. the song and uh his his uh mouth i guess not just mouthing his singing isn't quite the same no. um, but the, the most noticeable in all of it is the instrument playing mm-hmm. um as very off yeah i will say that the cinematography for the sequences where they're playing in the studio um I thought like I thought the camera work there really suited that sequence. Mm-hmm. Um trying to I'm trying to say something complimentary about the, <laughs> about the cinematography. Those sequences and those montage sequences specifically, I thought that the cinematography camera work really suited um what was happening in the film. Um now I also really like uh When Your Mind's Made Up. I think it's a great song. Um I think the fact that it's in such a weird time signature is great, but I, I, but yeah, I think that that montage and the way that the camera work is used there is great. Now I wish that they didn't just immediately turn around and use that song again underneath an, another montage that felt like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It, I just, that was a decision that I was like, okay, this is a good song, but this is just the same thing twice. 
you just you just did the same thing twice Um, yeah but other than that um really great like that studio sequence i think is probably it's my favorite part of the film i don't know if it's like the best but i do think that it is my favorite part of the film and i appreciate that the story does not end with them like getting together it doesn't end with anything crazy uh it's just kind of it does kind of the la la land thing where it's like we we had this moment and we're gonna move on from that and it was nice but we're gonna move do you have anything major that you really just want to get off your chest about this film um did you know that originally cillian murphy was going to play the guy i read that yeah and that is i can't imagine that because he is such a creep yeah and (laughs) because he isn't in it they lost a lot of their budget yeah, it, the budget was roughly like two hundred thousand dollars, like U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. So it they they were not they were pushing it, mm-hmm. um, and ima- you know imagine that you're paying pe- some some people at least uh, they they were pushing it. Yeah. Overall, I do think like I think that it's it's worth a watch if you really like the music from it is worth a watch. Mm-hmm. And the mu- the music from it is incredible. It um, is. And at the very least, if you don't watch the movie, listen to the soundtrack. Yeah. The sound, the, the score, well, the soundtrack is so beautiful. My, my favorite song is um, the very first one. <laughs> um because it's just it's so guttural Mm -hmm. um and then i mean falling falling slowly is a tearjerker yes indeed Uh, it's what it's supposed to be yeah um that's that's the song that won the oscar indeed um yeah this the soundtrack the soundtrack alone is phenomenal. Um, but yeah. And yeah. And that's, 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 that's the real reason why I love this so much. Mm-hmm. I I think it's the real draw of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of like the, the musicals like on Broadway that are just music from a certain artist. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just want to see kind of how these songs fit together. And and that's what this one does uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Although so, I feel like this song puts those uses their songs in context better than Mamma Mia does. Yeah. But yeah. There's not a but there. Yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but there there are lots of things to to discuss with with Mamma Mia. Uh, <laughs> but we've both already seen it, so it's not gonna so happen here. Doing it here. All right. Well, do you want to give this film a rating then? So purely because I love it, I'm not going to I'm not going to even pretend that it's because of anything else. <laughs> I gave it a four on Letterboxd. Good. Good. 
Cool. Would you rewatch this Absolutely. Movie? I'm probably going to buy it within, I don't know when, but I'm probably going to buy it at some point. Cool. I I gave this movie a two and a half. Um, I wanted to like it a lot more than I did. Uh, but I, I just couldn't couldn't click with it. I might rewatch it at some point, uh, but it is not one that I think that I'll be hanging out with very much. So, yeah. Well, do you have a recommendation for us this week, Zach? I do. My recommendation for this week has very little to do with once, but it's <laughs> um, it's it's similar in that I really loved it. Also, um, it's a podcast called Sixteen Nineteen. Um, I believe it was produced by the New York Times. Sounds um, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is about the history and origin of. Um, Black slavery in the United States. Uh, the first boat came over in 1619. Um, and so that's where it gets its name. And it's very convicting and eye-opening in more ways than you can possibly imagine. Um, and also, I, I've been listening to it. I'm almost done. And it's just, it's great storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's something Zach and I share in common is just like a love for good storytelling, no matter how you find it. Yeah. And it is so, it is so personal and just such excellent storytelling. Sorry. I, I know I just kind of cut you off in the middle of yeah. your recommendation. The sound editing is great. The score is astounding. Um, everything about it is top notch and it's just incredible. Yeah. It feels like I don't like using the word cinematic, because I think it's overused a lot for things that it doesn't apply to uh, like podcasts, like podcasts, but really, I mean, like I could like listening to it. I feel like I can see it on a screen and it really does have a big feel to it, which is what I think a lot of people mean when they say cinematic. It's like this big, almost grandiose feel. And it de- definitely has that. Cool. My recommendation might be more polarizing than that podcast, though I'm not sure, uh, is The Tree of Life, which is a 2011 film by uh, Terrence Malick. Um, It's weird. Um, And it's definitely not for everyone. It was not for the guy on Letterboxd who gave it half a star, but then gave the 2008 Speed Racer movie four stars. <laughs> but it is it, it is a it is a good film there's a lot to unpack in it um i told someone i was talking about it i don't know if i can say that i liked it because it feels like the kind of thing that you have to see twice just to really process everything that it's trying to say but i think it's great um it's definitely a great film uh and i highly recommend it one poem dior it, con can cans however you say that and so yeah highly recommend it so i guess i'm such i i'm calling out what we're watching next week is that right yep cool next week i gotta pull up our list here (laughs) i'm we are gonna be watching blind spotting 
which is a 2018 film starring David Diggs and Raphael Casal, along with a bunch of other people. Watsky for a hot second. Oh. Um, and Yeah. And essentially it's about uh, gentrification in Oakland, California, but it's about so much more than that. Uh, I can't wait to have a conversation about it. It, it is one of those films that you watch and it really sticks with you. Uh, definitely go and check that out uh, before we come back with our podcast next week. And until then, I guess we're done. You know, anything more you want to say? I don't think so. Oh, cool. I'll see you next week then. All right. I'll see you.